Welcome, my fellow thrill-seekers, to another episode of Tales from the Road, spooky lore, haunted legends, and abandoned ghost towns, where we explore the spooky lore, haunted legends, and abandoned ghost towns across the globe. I'm your host, Jackie, and today we embark on a journey through the shadowy realms of the White Mountains, where countless tragedies have unfolded over the centuries, leaving behind a lingering air of mystery and eerie encounters. The White Mountains nestled in New Hampshire have witnessed tales of love gone awry, lost souls wandering in the mist, and inexplicable encounters with the supernatural. From days of early pioneers to recent times, these ancient peaks have seen it all. From brave hikers venturing into the treacherous presidential range to tragic stories of families buried alive by mountain slides, the haunting history of these mountains is etched into the very fabric of the land. In this episode, we'll dive deep into the tales of the White Mountains, exploring firsthand accounts and written legends of hauntings that left hikers, visitors, and locals both amazed and terrified. We'll unravel the ghostly stories that have been passed down through generations, capturing the essence of a region that has long been home to supernatural encounters. But before we continue our episode, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. My goal for this show is really twofold. So first, it's to open up the minds of people who want to learn about the paranormal histories associated with the world that we live in. But most importantly, I want to provide a safe place for people to share their stories without the worry of being judged or not believed. These stories that I share in these episodes, especially the episode today, are deep and they're personal. And I just want to acknowledge that I'm trying to show the utmost respect to those who have made reports or shared stories about the following topics. I can truthfully say I thank you so much and I'm sure that our listeners agree. With that being said, if you have a story that you'd like to share, you can find us on social at TFTRLore or at our website linked in the show notes. And finally, you can get us through our email at talesfromtheroadlore at gmail.com. That's T-A-L-E-S-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-R-O-A-D-L-O-R-E at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. We really couldn't do this podcast without you, and we appreciate you. All right, so our quest begins with a hiker's eerie encounter in December of 2017 during a sunset hike on a majestic Mount Willard nestled in the Crawford Notch. So keep in mind, this isn't an old story. This is recent. So as the sun dipped below the horizon, an unsettling presence seemed to follow the hiker. I mean, we've all been there. Maybe not all of us alone in the White Mountains. That seems kind of scary, but we've all felt a random sense of unease wash over us in the past having no clue where it was coming from at all. Desperate to understand the source of their unease, they called out into the twilight, only to be met with a chilling, shrill laughter that echoed through the woods. Feeling watched and unnerved, they quickly went to their descent, haunted by the inexplicable encounter. But little did they know this was just the beginning of a journey that would lead us to even more ghostly encounters, tragic tales, and hidden secrets lurking in the misty woods of the Crawford Notch. So as we venture deeper into the mysterious lore of the White Mountains, our next tale takes us to the summit of Mount Wiley, standing as tall and solemn witness to the tragedy that unfolded in its shadow. The story revolves around the Wiley family, who in the autumn of 1825 moved to the desolate Crawford Notch with hopes of making a mark in the innkeeping business. Samuel Wiley Jr. and his wife Polly Lovejoy and their five cherished children resided in a house known as the Old Notch House, nestled beneath their grandeur of Mount Wiley. Their dream of hospitality was realized as weary travelers, mainly farmers from New Hampshire and Vermont, found respite in the Wiley House Inn and Tavern. 
However, the unfolding events that followed unknowingly set the stage for one of the most tragic and haunting events in the history of the White Mountains. In June of 1826, a heavy rainstorm triggered a terrifying landslide across the Saco River, sending shockwaves through the family. Fearful of their lives, Samuel Wiley Jr. acted swiftly, constructing a sturdy stone shelter above the house. Little did he know that this decision would soon prove to be both a blessing and a curse. On the fateful day of August 28, 1826, a violent rainstorm, unlike seen ever before in the region, swept through the White Mountains. As torrential rains flooded the valleys, a devastating mudslide cascaded down the mountainside, threatening everyone and everything in its path. In a desperate bid for survival, the Wiley family and their two hired men sought refuge in the stone shelter, hoping it would shield them from the onslaught of nature's fury. Tragically, the shelter that was meant to protect them became their tomb. This powerful landslide claimed the lives of all nine individuals, leaving the once thriving household shattered and broken. Strangely, the Wiley house itself was left untouched, protected by a ledge above it that deflected the debris of the deadly avalanche. News of this heartbreaking catastrophe spread like wildfire, capturing the nation's attention and drawing tourists to the site. Mount Wiley, once a silent sentinel, was forever etched into the history of the White Mountains as a memorial to the lost souls. Over time, the Wiley House and the haunting tragedy associated with it became a subject of fascination for artists, writers, and historians, sparking national interest in the raw wilderness and the untamed beauty of the White Mountains. The legend of the Wiley family tragedy would linger on as one of the most gripping and enduring tales in the history of the White Mountains of New Hampshire. As we stand amidst the serene beauty of the White Mountains, let us remember the Wiley family tragedy, a poignant reminder of the dangers that lurk within these picturesque landscapes and the stories of those who once called this place home. The echoes of their existence still resonate forever etched in the very fabric of this hauntingly enchanting realm. And so our journey through the haunted trails of the White Mountains continue and lead us to a hidden ghost town tucked away in the mountains called Livermore. Once a thriving logging town, it eventually fell victim to deforestation, floods, and fires, leaving behind only the ruins of its past. Visitors who brave the Sawyer River Trail can catch a glimpse of the town's ghostly remnants, including stone foundations and brick structures, a haunting reminder of the once bustling community now lost to time. Livermore, New Hampshire is an intriguing and eerie ghost town located in Grafton County within the White Mountains of the state. Once a thriving town in the late 19th to early 20th centuries, Livermore was home to about 200 residents at its peak. The town flourished with homes, mills, and logging activity, contributing to the bustling economy of the White Mountains region. However, the fate of Livermore took a significant turn in the 1920s when a devastating flood damaged the town and destroyed the mills, marking the beginning of its decline. Despite the challenging circumstances, Livermore continued to struggle for the next 25 years with a dwindling population and a fading industry. Finally, by 1950, the last remaining residents departed, leaving the town abandoned and desolate. Nowadays, the ruins of Livermore still exist deep within the White Mountains, serving as a reminder of its once vibrant past. However, accessing the town remnants requires knowledge of the location and some effort. The site is located off Sawyer Road in Bartlett, 
and the Sawyer River Trail provides a path that passes by the haunting ruins, leading adventurers to explore and witness the ghostly remnants of the past. The sense of mystery and the eerie atmosphere of the town make it a destination that both terrifies and fascinates adventurers seeking to experience the abandoned era. Despite its current state as a ghost town, Livermore's legacy endures the tales of the logging past, making it a fascinating piece of New Hampshire's history and a place where curious can delve into the past, surrounded by the beauty and isolation of the White Mountains. For those seeking a spine-chilling adventure and a glimpse into the past, Livermore, the lost city in the White Mountains, awaits brave explorers ready to uncover its secrets and mysteries. But Livermore is not the only tale of love and loss haunting the White Mountains. Our next stop takes us back to the late fall of 1788 and the tragic love affair of Nancy Barton and Jim Swindle. Nancy Barton's haunting tale is one that has captured the imagination of hikers and ghost enthusiasts alike, drawing them to the Nancy Brooks scenic area of the White Mountain National Forest in New Hampshire. The story dates back to the winter of 1778, when Nancy Barton, a 16-year-old servant girl, worked on Colonel Joseph Whipple's farm in Jefferson, New Hampshire. She fell deeply in love with Jim Swindle, another farmhand, and their love blossomed, leading to an engagement. Nancy entrusted Jim with all of her savings, planning to marry him and settle in in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. However, this act of trust proved to be a fatal mistake. Keep your money to yourself, friends. While Nancy was away making arrangements for their future, Colonel Whipple and Jim conspired against her. The Colonel, a supporter of the American colony's fight for independence, likely convinced Jim to leave Jefferson with Nancy's money and join the army. Jim used her dowry to buy a new uniform. When Nancy heard the rumor of Jim's betrayal, she hurried back to Jefferson and set out on foot to pursue him, believing he could not have traveled very far. Poor mistake. She embarked on a treacherous journey through the snow-covered notch, a 30-mile trail that was poorly marked. After hiking for 20 miles, Nancy found the remnants of a fire which she believed Colonel Whipple and Jim had left behind. Exhausted, hungry, and cold, she decided to take a rest for a while before continuing her pursuit. Unfortunately, the winter conditions took a toll on her, and she couldn't keep going. Nancy's neighbors, concerned that she didn't return by nightfall, formed a search party and followed her track. Tragically, they found her frozen to her death near a brook. So I lived in New Hampshire, and anyone who either lived in the White Mountains or around the White Mountains knows that the weather can change so quickly. So at first glance, you're probably like, why would she do this? And like, you're right, she probably shouldn't have, but I could see how weather could change so fast and she has nothing to keep herself warm. It's back in the day and she's pretty much screwed. So I do feel really bad for Nancy, but come on, why are you setting out on foot by yourself? So the legend of Nancy's haunting has endured for centuries. Hikers in the area have reported hearing cries and shrieks of laughter, believed to be Nancy's ghost. Her spirit is said to roam the Nancy Brook scenic area, possibly searching for closure or seeking her faithless lover. The area is filled with echoes of her love and tragic end, making it a chilling and mysterious destination for those seeking ghostly encounters. In addition to the reported ghostly cries and laughter, Visitors have claimed to see apparitions of a young woman in 18th century clothing, believed to be Nancy's ghosts. Some hikers have reported feeling a presence or experiencing a cold chill in the air, even on warm days. Others have claimed to hear disembodied footsteps following them along the trail, as if someone unseen is walking alongside them. The area has become a hotbed for ghost hunters and enthusiasts, eager to catch a glimpse of Nancy's lingering spirit. 
Despite the passage of time, Nancy Barton's story continues to capture the imagination, and her ghostly presence in the Nancy Brook scenic area leaves hikers and visitors with a haunting experience that lingers long after they leave the picturesque surroundings of the White Mountain National Forest. The tale of Nancy Barton serves as a reminder of love betrayed, a life tragically lost, and the enduring power of legends and ghostly encounters that connect us to the past and the mysteries that lie beyond the veil of the living. It's a tale of heartbreak, betrayal, and a haunting legacy that still echoes through the Nancy Brook scenic area of the White Mountains National Forest. So from the tales of love and lost, we'll now shift our focus to the stories of bravery and tragedy as we venture into the harrowing account of the bomber crash on Mount Watanomi in 1942. A bomber carrying seven crew members crashed into the mountain amid harsh winter conditions. Despite the treacherous weather, over 50 volunteers came from nearby towns and risked their lives to rescue the five survivors. Today, visitors can hike the five-mile trail off Walker Brook Road to reach the crash site, where some claim to feel an eerie presence. In the picturesque White Mountains of New Hampshire, a haunting tale has persisted for decades, centered around the tragic events of January 14, 1942. On this fateful day, a Douglas B-18A bomber crashed into the side of Mount Watanomi, leaving behind a chilling legacy that continues to capture the imaginations of locals and visitors alike. The crash not only claimed lives, but also laid the foundation for numerous reported hauntings and paranormal encounters in the surrounding area. As we dive into the story of the bomber crash and the reported hauntings, the veil between the past and the present will lift, revealing the lingering spirits and mysteries of Mount Watanomi. On that cold January evening, the B-18A bomber was carrying a crew of seven on its return flight to Westover Airfield in Massachusetts. Unfortunate weather conditions, including a darkness and bad weather, disoriented the pilot, leading to a crash on the side of Mount Watanomi. As the crew attempted to escape from the wreckage, the plane caught fire, causing the bombs they were carrying to explode. The impact and subsequent explosion resulted in the death of several crew members and left five others injured. The explosion was so powerful that it was heard by residents of Lincoln and North Woodstock, who witnessed the flames rising from the mountainside. A team of over 50 volunteers braved the harsh winter conditions to rescue the survivors, despite the deep snow and difficult terrain. Following the tragic event, stories of strange occurrences and eerie sightings have began to circulate among the locals. Some reported seeing apparitions of soldiers wandering the mountain trails, while others claimed to hear faint voices echoing in the wind. Numerous hikers have recounted feeling the inexplicable sense of sadness and unease while visiting the crash site. One of the most chilling accounts involves hikers witnessing the flickering of ghostly lights at the crash site. These lights are believed to be the souls of the deceased crew members forever bound to the mountain where they tragically lost their lives. Local legends tell of encounters with the spirits of crew members who are said to be protective of the crash site. Hikers who show respect and reverence during these visits are guided safely through the treacherous terrain by these ghostly guardians. In contrast, those who show disregard for the site and its history are said to face eerie encounters and unsettling experiences. As time passed, the story of the bomber crash on Mount Watanomi became ingrained in local folklore and gained recognition among paranormal enthusiasts. Tours and hikes to the crash site became popular amongst thrill-seekers and history buffs, eager to experience the site's haunting ambience firsthand. Local historians and ghost hunters have attempted to document and investigate the reported hauntings, aiming to shed light on the lingering mysteries of the mountain. 
While some skeptics dismiss the ghostly tales as mere legends, others believe that the spirits of the crew members continue to watch over the mountain, ensuring their memory and sacrifice are never forgotten. The bomber crash on Mount Watanomi in 1942 left a profound impact on the region, not only in terms of the loss of life, but also in the enduring tales of the hauntings and paranormal encounters. The mountain's eerie ambiance and chilling history have drawn visitors seeking otherworldly experiences, and its ghostly legacy continues to captivate those who venture to its slopes. So our next tale takes us back in time to September 19th, 1961. And this one is one of my personal favorites. Anyone who knows me knows I love a good UFO story. And this is what really got me introduced to UFOs. And I've definitely been diving down the rabbit hole since. So if you're interested in learning about that, let me know. But anyways, this story has to do with Betty and Barney Hill. For anyone who doesn't know the story, Betty and Barney Hill had an extraordinary extraterrestrial encounter near Franconia Notch. They claimed to have encountered a UFO and experienced missing time, believing they were abducted by humanoid creatures. Their story is one of the first well-documented UFO abductions in the United States. It's led to murals being painted and historical markers along their route keeping a close encounter alive in the minds of those who ventured through the region. The night of September 19, 1961 would forever change the lives of Betty and Barney Hill, and honestly, our entire belief system today. They were an ordinary couple from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and what started as a routine drive home after a vacation in Montreal, Canada, turned into a perplexing encounter that would soon become one of the most famous and well-documented UFO abduction cases in our history. This extraordinary event not only challenged conventional belief systems, but also left the couple seeking answers and even diving into the depths of their subconscious through regression hypnosis. We'll cover that in a bit. Betty and Barney Hill were an unamusing duo, leading a normal life in their New Hampshire community. Barney, a postal worker, and Betty, a social worker, enjoyed a close relationship with friends and family. However, their tranquil existence was disrupted randomly on a fateful night when they experienced something that defied explanation. As they drove through the White Mountains, they noticed strange lights in the sky approaching their vehicle. What happened next would baffle investigators and truly captivate the world. Under the cover of darkness, the Hills claimed to have witnessed bipedal humanoid creatures inside a large spacecraft that landed in front of their car. The couple's memories of the events were hazy and disjointed, leaving them with an unshakable feeling that something extraordinary had occurred. In the days that followed, they began to experience nightmares and anxiety, prompting them to seek help from professionals who specialized in the field of UFO encounters. Betty and Barney Hill sought the assistance of Dr. Benjamin Simon, a Boston-based psychiatrist experienced in hypnosis to unlock their buried memories. Regression hypnosis, a technique designed to help individuals access repressed memories, was employed to dive into the depth of their subconscious minds. During these sessions, the couple recounted their experiences under hypnosis, providing vivid and detailed accounts of their encounter with extraterrestrial beings. In these hypnotic sessions, Barney Hill recalled seeing the craft landing on the road and strange figures approaching their vehicle. He seriously must have been scared shitless. He described the entities of having wraparound eyes and grayish skin. Betty Hill's memories were equally haunting, recounting how the beings communicated with her telepathically. The couple's narratives revealed a shared experience of being taken aboard the spacecraft where they underwent medical examinations. 
Regression hypnosis played a pivotal role in uncovering the depth of the Hill's encounter and provided a platform for them to come to terms with their extraordinary experiences. Some skeptics questioned the validity of a hypnosis as a method for recalling memories, arguing that it might lead to confabulation or false memories. However, for the Hills, it seemed to unlock memories that they had been unable to access consciously. Also, the crazy thing is, is that they recalled the same things during hypnosis, even while being separated. Over the years, the Betty and Barney Hill abduction has become a touchstone in the UFO community. The case has been analyzed, scrutinized, and debated, with some staunch believers seeing it as irrefutable evidence of the extraterrestrial encounters, while skeptics offer alternative explanations. The debate over their case literally continues to this day. The Betty and Barney Hill abduction remains an enigmatic chapter of the annuals of UFO history. Their story continues to captivate and intrigue, inviting individuals to question the boundaries of human perception and the vastness of the unknown. Regression hypnosis provided them with a pathway to explore the depths of their subconscious and share their extraordinary journey with the world. So I'm going to insert an audio clip of their hypnosis sessions, but I will just say that these sessions can be triggering to some. They're very intense. They're pretty dark. And honestly, they just give you a sense of dread. With that being said, if you are generally a sensitive person or you generally don't like hearing things like that, I mean, they literally show their pain through their conversations. I would just avoid listening to this part and forwarding through into the rest of the episode. All right, so now I'm going to go ahead and play it and we'll be back shortly. And then I pulled over to the side of the road and I looked for this guy goes away 
but I still, I still, the pain goes away, but I'm still sore for where they put that, these, I don't know why they put that long needle into my navel. <laughs> I tried to tell them it was, <laughs> they shouldn't do it. Did they make any sexual advances to you? No. They didn't. No. I asked the leader, I said, why did he stick the needle, why did they stick the needle in my navel? And he said it was a pregnancy test. And I said, well, I don't know what they expected, but that was no pregnancy test. So attached to this piece was an audio clip of the Hills Hypnosis Session, where they vividly recount the experiences of seeing the flying saucer and strange beings. This haunting audio offers a glimpse into the emotions and memories that emerged during this hypnotic regression. The Betty and Barney Hill abduction will forever remain a testament to the unexplained and mysterious. Whether their encounter was real or a product of the mind, which by the way, I think it's real, their story has ignited discussions and contemplations about the possibility of life beyond our world. As we look into the stars and ponder the vastness of the cosmos, the Hill's tale reminds us of the universe that is filled with untold wonders and that sometimes the truth lies in the most unexpected places. So the one thing I'll say is that New Hampshire is known for a lot of UFO encounters. I'll go over some of them below, but I'm honestly thinking about doing an entire episode on the UFO history behind New Hampshire, as well as an entire episode on the White Mountains. I may make a mini-series out of it. If you're interested, let me know. Our next trail, the Mount Chikora Loop Trail, is said to echo with the cries of a Native American chief whose legend haunts the summit. Mount Chikora, located in Albany, New Hampshire, has not only been praised for its picturesque beauty, but also for the haunting legend that surrounds it. The legend revolves around a Native American chief whose tragic fate is said to have cursed the land and echoes through the mountains to this day. According to the legend, the chief lived in the area that is now Tamworth, New Hampshire in the early 1700s. Some versions of the story suggest that he chose to remain behind in the region after many of his fellow tribe members had moved to Canada to avoid conflict with the white settlers following the 1725 Battle of Lovewell's Pond in nearby Fryburg, Maine. The chief was known to be friendly with a settler named Cornelius Campbell and his family. One day, the chief had to leave his young son in the care of the Campbell family while he attended a tribal powwow. Tragically, while the chief was away, his son accidentally consumed a poison that was intended to kill wolves. Upon the chief's return, he discovered that his son had died due to the poison, which had been made by Cornelius Campbell. Overcome with grief and rage, the chief sought revenge and killed Cornelius's wife and son. When Cornelius returned home, he found his family dead. He knew that the chief was responsible and set out to hunt him down. The chief fled to the top of the highest nearby mountain, which would later be named in his honor. As Cornelius pursued him, the chief stood at the peak facing the sky, and he shouted a curse upon the land and its people. His final words were, evil spirits breathe down upon the cattle of the white man. Wind and fire destroy your dwellings. Panthers and wolves howl and grow fat on your bones. Chakora goes now to the great spirit, and then he leaped to his death from the mountain. In a chilling twist of fate, two years later, Campbell was found dead on Mount Jacora, partially eaten by wolves. Locals believed it was a result of the curse that the chief had uttered before his death. 
The legend of the chief has persisted through the centuries, and many claim to have heard the mournful cries of the chief echoing through the mountains. Visitors who hike in the area often report eerie experiences and feelings of being watched while exploring the area. Whether a tale of historical truth or a myth born from the imagination of settlers, the legend of Chief Chakarua continues to add an air of mystery and intrigue to the already majestic Mount Chakarua. Also, I just want to acknowledge that I likely have butchered a lot of the names in this podcast so far, and if I'm saying them wrong, please let me know so I can fix it going forward. I'm trying to approach this with the utmost respect, but a lot of different names are hard to pronounce and I'm sure that I'm doing it wrong. So, with that being said, let's continue. We're now moving into my favorite story of this episode, which surrounds the iconic Mount Washington Hotel known for its paranormal reputation. We'll dive into the haunted history of the Grand Mount Washington Hotel, built in 1900 by Joseph Stickney. Unfortunately, Joseph Stickney passed away after its completion, leaving his widow, Carolyn Stickney, to inherit the hotel. Carolyn, affectionately known as the Princess, became renowned for her lavish parties and impeccable fashion sense. However, tragedy struck again when she lost her second husband and returned to the hotel after his death. The most famous spirit associated with the Mount Washington is said to be Carolyn Stickney's ghost. Guests and staff members have reported sightings of an elegant woman in Victorian dress roaming the hallways, often seen on balconies, comparing outfits in an attempt to outshine others. The most haunted room is known as Room 314, also known as the Princess Room where guests have experienced unexplained noises, temperature fluctuations, and even encounters with Carolyn's apparition. Room 314, or the Princess Room, was Carolyn Stickney's private suite during her stays at the hotel. The centerpiece of the room is her original hand-carved four-post bed, which is said to be one that she shared with her husband, Joseph Stickney. According to the hotel's history, whenever Carolyn traveled, she would have the bed shipped with her to her next destination, so she could sleep in her own bed. I literally want this woman's energy. Like, let me be you. That is so cool. This deep attachment to her bed and suite might explain why some guests have reported paranormal experiences in 314. Numerous guests have claimed to encounter the ghost of Carolyn Stickney during their stay in the princess room. Some have felt a gentle nudge on their shoulder as if she were there watching over her guests, just like she used to during her extravagant parties at the hotel. Others have reported seeing a figure resembling Carolyn sitting on the bed, brushing her hair, or even looking out the front windows to see her guests arriving for her grand parties. Some guests have also heard unexplained sounds and experienced objects moving in the room, adding to its eerie atmosphere. Even the popular paranormal investigation team Ghost Hunters have visited the Mount Washington Hotel to investigate the reported paranormal activity in room 314, specifically the hauntings attributed to Carolyn Stickney. The hotel's reputation for being one of America's spookiest hotels has made it a favorable destination for ghost enthusiasts and many visitors that come with a curiosity of the haunting experiences that the hotel may offer. If you decide to stay in the Stickney suite, be prepared for a potential spooky encounter as Carolyn's presence seemed to linger in the room, reminding guests of her rich history and glamorous past to the Mount Washington Hotel. Also, if you stay in this room or have stayed in this room, let me know. Whether you are a skeptic or a believer in the paranormal, spending a night in this haunted suite is sure to leave a lasting impression on anyone brave enough to do so. Another chilling tale revolves around the hotel staircase ghost. 
Despite the efforts of artisans and laborers to confuse any ghosts, a spectral presence is said to be on the staircase, leading many to believe it might be Stickney or another unidentified spirit. In addition to the famous hauntings, numerous guests and former employees have shared their own ghostly encounters. Many have heard unexplained footsteps, voices, and mysterious knocks on their doors, and some even claim to have seen shadowy figures and apparitions in various areas of the hotel. Despite its spooky reputation, the Mount Washington Hotel remains a popular destination for both paranormal enthusiasts and guests seeking a luxurious and historic getaway. The blend of rich history, opulent architecture, and tales of the supernatural add to the allure of this iconic landmark. Whether you believe in ghosts or not, a visit to the Mount Washington Hotel promises a unique and unforgettable experience, steeped in both natural beauty and the allure of the unknown. As we traverse through the haunted landscapes, we find ourselves drawn deeper into the mystique of the White Mountains, where the past and present intertwine and the legends come alive. Our final story comes to us from the Glen House in Gorham, New Hampshire. In the early 1850s, John Bellows transformed a farmhouse into a hotel to accommodate the influx of travelers brought by the newly completed Grand Trunk Railway connecting Portland, Maine to Gorham, New Hampshire. Eventually, the hotel changed hands and was renamed the Glen House, which was purchased by Colonel J.M. Thompson. Over the years, the property witnessed several renovations and expansions, becoming a popular destination for visitors to enjoy the scenic views of the Tuckerman Ravine and the Northern Presidential Range. I personally have stayed here, and I love it, and I totally suggest it to anyone looking for a pretty mountain getaway. But back to the story. Tragedy struck the hotel on multiple occasions. In 1884, a devastating fire consumed the Glen House, but it was rebuilt and expanded by the Milligan brothers. Unfortunately, fate dealt another blow in 1893 when the fire occurred once again, ravaging the property and leading to its destruction. Although not rebuilt at that time, the Lidley family of Gorham later acquired the property, transforming the servants' quarter into a 40-room hotel, only to suffer the same fate that its predecessors did in yet another fire. Okay, so at this point, we have had three fires in the same area. I would say the ho same hotel, but obviously it had been rebuilt multiple times. That is wild. Either we just don't have a fire department in the area that will actually do anything, or we have some bad juju going on here. But either way, that sucks. So with such a tumultuous past, it's no surprise that the Glen House has become subject to ghostly legends and reported hauntings. According to local lore, the spirits of past guests and hotel staff still linger within its walls. Some visitors claim to have heard mysterious footsteps echoing in empty hallways, while others have witnessed apparitions of elegant figures dressed in vintage clothing, suggesting the presence of former guests in the hotel's heyday. In addition to alleged apparitions, strange phenomena have been reported such as flickering lights, doors opening and closing on their own, and unexplained cold spots. These occurrences have piqued the curiosity of paranormal enthusiasts and drawn attention to investigators seeking to uncover the truth behind the Glen House haunted reputation. I personally didn't have any crazy experiences when I stayed there. I also didn't know it was haunted, so maybe I wasn't looking correctly. I would love to stay there again and just to see, but if you've stayed there and you've had any weird experiences, I'd love to know. So to finish our episode up, we're going to share some reports that were submitted to MUFON from the region. MUFON, which stands for the Mutual UFO Network, is a U.S.-based nonprofit organization dedicated to the scientific study of UFOs. It was founded on May 31st, 1969 
initially as the Midwest UFO Network and later evolved into MUFON as it expanded its scope and reach. The organization is composed of civilian volunteers who investigate reported UFO sightings and alleged extraterrestrial encounters. MUFON's mission is to collect and analyze data related to UFO sighting, employing scientific methodologies, rational explanations to better understand the UFO phenomenon. It's honestly one of the largest organizations of its kind at this point, with over 4,000 members worldwide and 43 different countries countries that have chapters within it. It also has chapters within the 50 states of the U.S. All to say that this is a cool organization. There definitely has been some criticism and support for the organization, but in the end, I think everyone's focusing on the same thing, which is getting UFO information out there and tracking and investigating. So I think that's pretty cool. I would definitely hit up their website. I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but just a heads up. So all of the following stories are actually reports that were submitted to MUFON that people have experienced themselves. So, you know, this is obviously based on their own information and their own experiences. But I just want to call out that these are real. This is what someone perceived to be a real experience. And we need to take that, you know, heavily. So in 1976, an individual was out running at night and training for an upcoming soccer season. While running, they spotted a bright red glowing object that was cigar-shaped and ascending at a radical angle. The object moved slowly and remained visible for over a minute before being obscured by a maple tree on the other side of the street. The witness waited for it to reappear, but it never did. Instead, it disappeared behind the tree and vanished completely. During the sighting, the witness recalls hearing a voice in their head repeatedly saying, they can see you, they can see you, which left them shocked and scared. Despite feeling extremely scared, the individual managed to run home safely without missing time or abduction experience. They reported the event to move on years ago, hoping they would have someone come to their house for an interview, but the person never showed up or contacted them, which is pretty unfortunate. So we're now gonna talk about a hammer-shaped UFO sighting and abduction experience. In this account, the witness was laying on a hammock in their yard with their eyes closed when they had a vision of a craft. They quickly opened their eyes and they saw an oval or kidney bean-shaped craft moving away from the direction of the sun. The witnesses took pictures of the craft and in the last picture it appears to have been sucked up or traveled into the beam of light coming from the northwest. Minutes later, a second craft, possibly a small jet or rocket, followed the first one in pursuit. Two days after this experience, the witness had a distressing abduction encounter resulting in bite marks on their lower abdomen and other unexplained injuries. They sought medical attention and have since developed sensitivities to temperature changes and sunlight to their skin. Another story has to do with an unidentified object over the White Mountains region between six and eight years ago. So around six to eight years ago, an individual living in New Hampshire witnessed a strange event in the night sky with their mother. They saw a flash of light emanating from what appeared to be a cloud, but at a distance, it suggested it might not be within Earth's atmosphere. They observed a cylindrical object spinning out of control and on fire, eventually disappearing from sight. The witness believes they may have witnessed a star war between opposing fractions of unidentified objects. Two days later, the witness had an abduction experience that led them to the ER, where they had unexplainable wounds and a fever. They also mentioned having experienced similar symptoms in the past after other abduction encounters. In the 1950s, two cousins had a frightening experience near Hinsdale, New Hampshire, while repairing a fence in the woods during an electrical storm. They saw a bright flash of light that knocked one of them unconscious. 
The witnesses, after regaining consciousness, found themselves sitting against a tree and experiencing temporary paralysis. They assumed that they had been struck by lightning, but they now wonder if there were any UFO sightings in the Brattleboro, Vermont area between 1954 and 1956, as they have since developed strange marks consisting with the chalk marks reported in UFO sightings. These are just some of the UFO reported sightings from MUFON in the area, but it's essential to continue investigating and documenting sightings to truly better understand the phenomena behind them. If you like this segment, we can keep doing it. Just let me know. All right, so join me next time and we'll dive into more spine-tingling accounts that will leave you questioning the very fabric of reality. Until then, stay curious, stay safe, and as always, remember to keep an eye out for the darkness or light that may be lurking just beyond your reach. Thanks for joining me on this spooky adventure. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to give us a follow on your favorite streaming service. Also, if you'd like to support our podcast with a one-time donation, you can find the link in the show notes. Have a place you'd like us to check out? Shoot us an email at talesfromtheroadlore at gmail.com or drop us a note on our website. And if you have a story from any of the spots we hit today or if I missed anything or you want me to dive deeper into anything, feel free to submit that on our website as well. Like I mentioned, I'll probably end up doing an episode on UFO encounters in New Hampshire as well as Mount Washington itself, but let me know if that would be interesting to you. So until next time, where we'll be deviating from our normal format and doing a very special episode on the lore surrounding the Black-Eyed Kids, also known as the BEK. Talk soon!